Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. No hockey tonight. First time we haven't had an NHL game scheduled since January the 12th. It is a couple of nights off for the Stanley Cup playoffs until things get going on Sunday afternoon. One o'clock is the game time for game one between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the uh, New York Islanders, rematch of last year's Eastern Conference title. There, there's no uh, there's no conferences, although the winner of this series uh, will get the Prince of Wales trophy. You can catch that game, uh, game one, uh, one o'clock, just after the one o'clock news right here on 630 Chet. And then the uh, Campbell Conference mug or bowl will be uh, contested for by the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights. Game one in Vegas on Monday night, seven o'clock after an abbreviated version of 630 Chet Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins back in the big chair. And uh, we will have game one just after the seven o'clock news. Kellen Kennedy, strange tonight. No hockey. It's like I, I feel. Like I feel weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's it's strange. You know, I'm not used to having baseball on my monitor here. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> well, I've I got WWE on my monitor back here at the station, but that's just to have something in the background while I'm paying attention, opting to show for you. But uh, the quick question for yeah. you, Davey, is yes. off the top of your mind, have the Montreal Canadiens ever won the Clarence Campbell Bowl? I believe they have not. I, I don't think now, they have either. I say th- yeah, I say this because uh, I don't know what they did when they were a 16 league. Uh, I, I don't think they had well they didn't have conferences no it was it was was one league so i think they just had the the two two teams meeting the cup final and whoever won it won it you know what's interesting here is you have three teams that are eastern conference teams and one with the the uh one that are are western conference teams so that's weird but of course this whole year is weird but uh yeah i mean i we talked about earlier in the week as much as we love the north division going into the season i think the north division kind of lost its luster and if you saw what happened in the playoffs, I mean, you had two sweeps and you had a seven-game series, right? So that kind of tells you kind of how were the North Division set this year. Just, mm. just It was just not not the bang for the buck. So I'm looking forward to both series, but I think I'm yeah. really looking forward to the, the Montreal-Vegas series. So, so um, I just... Hear Dougie- just, uh, just, yeah, did a, just did a quick Google on my own question here. Uh, the yeah. the conference championships that the uh, Habs have won since, I guess, the quote-unquote modern NHL started, which is, I think, 70-71 or 71-72 is, is the, yeah. the cutoff for that. Uh, Wikipedia has it listed as eight, and all of them are the Wales Conference Championships. So, okay, uh, yeah. So it would be a first. It would be kind of like you know Edmonton making the crossover in the CFL and making the Grey Cup. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now Reed Wilkins has uh, just texted me something here. So Reed is clearly listening to the show tonight. Thanks, Uh-oh. Reed. Hey, Reed. Uh, yeah. 
Let's see here. Okay, his no, I don't want history. I clicked on the wrong thing, Kellen. Oh, oh boy. Uh, yeah, the Montreal Canadiens have never won. So this is a first. This the, could be a first. Uh, now, interestingly enough, so oh, by the way, the uh, the top two teams who have won the most Clarence Campbell. Yes, Reed, call. <laughs> okay, so I'm expecting yes, a phone call from call. Reed Wilkins here shortly, everybody. All right. <laughs> I can take an audible, Davey. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So, you know, I don't even want to read this. I don't know, I don't know what he wants. Like, I, I kind of want to read what he sent me on his Wikipedia <laughs> page, but, but maybe he wants to tell me. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's weird. No, I feel like we're padding. We're just, you know, what are we going to do? Okay. How, do this. Play that Nathan McKinnon clip of how dejected he was yesterday about, you know, waiting for next year and the fact he hasn't won yet after nine seasons. Maybe play that. It's always next year. It's all we talk about. I feel like, I mean, I'm going in my ninth year next year and I haven't won shit, so I'm just definitely motivated and I'm just, yeah, it just sucks, you know, losing four in a row to a team and um you know it felt like last year was our first real chance to win and this year we had i mean we're i thought we were the best team in the league we, for whatever reason we just couldn't couldn't get it together and i'm sure in training camp next year we'll figure it out and dissect things and come back better all right you just got the inside of live radio when just things kind of just go off the rails a little bit and sometimes that's the best radio uh the pride of evansburg is on the line right now reed wilkins uh wilkie what's up man well, I'm enjoying listening to the show tonight, Dave. Thanks for filling in this week. I've been really busy napping with my dog and golfing, <laughs> so it's it's been good. No, that was good. When did but, you yeah, golf? Was, I golfed Monday and Wednesday morning. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. Bef before the monsoons came, that's good. Oh yeah, no, I had good weather for golf. It was like it wasn't uh, like super hot, but it was it was uh, Monday morning. There was a chance of rain. Uh, yeah. and, and a chance of thunderstorms. So, you know, it had to be a little wary there and it cooled. I, I golfed quite early in the morning. Like we teed off before seven 30, but, right. but, uh, my, my buddy and I, we, we got a cart just in case there was uh, thunderstorms. So we could just, if we heard the horn, we could just boot it back to the clubhouse in a cart as opposed to being stuck out there. So it was good. That, that, uh, yeah, the Campbell Conference, I, I, I had looked it up because I wasn't sure if they'd ever won it because they used to give out those trophies for uh, other things, I thought, but the Campbell Conference was originally the Western Conference when they expanded from six teams to 12. And then, uh, right. obviously, it's been with the Campbell Conference and now back to the Western Conference since then. i got to say this, Dave, about the Montreal Canadiens, and I was listening to Stoff earlier today, and I know that there's a lot of dialogue with fans and media that the Montreal Canadiens, well, they're built for the playoffs. You know, they're, they're built for the playoffs. They got, they, they, they can roll four lines and uh, they, they got a rugged D with some size and that's all true. And I give Bergevin credit for building that sort of a team but mm -hmm. I also feel that another side of this has to be acknowledged about the Montreal Canadiens. Let's not forget, Dave, 
And now, look, the pandemic happened. Everything it had to be adjusted and changed. So, I, you know, and, and you know what I'm like. Sometimes when people start to go, what if, what if, what if, I'll be like, hey, let's not what if this to death. This is what happened. So, yeah. uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to what if this too far. But let's consider this. Last season, the, the season that got cut short after most teams had played around 70 games. The Oilers had played 71. Montreal had played 71 games. The season gets shut down in the middle of March 2020. The Montreal Canadiens were 24th overall. They were an afterthought when it came to making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then they upset Pittsburgh in the best of five qualifier. The Canadians were the worst team in the postseason in 2020. They got in because of the expanded field. And, hey, they took advantage of it. Good for them. They knocked off Pittsburgh, and they gave Philly a bit of a fight before they were eliminated. So, yeah, built for the playoffs. But to make the playoffs, you also have to be built to win in the regular season. And the Montreal Canadiens were not doing that until the pandemic mm-hmm. hit. They, they, there was no yep. way in heck they were making the postseason. So let's let's remember that. You know, it, and that's the, that's the thing. It's such a fine line in sports. And I know a lot of athletes and coaches have said to me over the years, it's never as good as it seems and it's never as bad as it seems. But for the Montreal Canadiens, you got to remember, it was going pretty bad in 2020. They were not going to be in the playoffs. And yep. this year, let's not forget, now, I, I know the overall standings are somewhat misleading because mm-hmm. uh, because you played the same teams over and over again. So it's not perhaps as fair an indicator as it used to be. And, and I should preface it by saying I like Paps. I got a lot of respect for Bergevin. Yeah, you know, I think Price is awesome. I mean, I, I, I used to say to Stoff a few years ago, Carey Price, the best player taken in the 2005 draft. There is a debate for people on a Friday night. But anyway, that's, I digress. Uh, you know, I, I love Brendan Gallagher. He's one of my favorite players to watch. Let's not forget this season, if there was no pandemic, Boston, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Florida, in Montreal's yeah. division, they probably would not have made the playoffs again. They were 18th overall this year out of 31 teams. You know, they finished behind two teams, the Rangers and Dallas, that didn't get in. So that's why, to me, there's, first of all, full credit. They came back on the Leafs. They they took it to the Jets. They did to the Jets what the Oilers should have been able to do and couldn't quite do it. But are, are, are the, like, let's not also, let's give the Canadians credit, but let's not also build them up as this model franchise of how you build a team because they aren't. They, 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 they really are, are a borderline team to even make the playoffs the last two years. And, and in 2020, quite frankly, we're well out of the playoffs. Now, I hope they do yeah. well against Vegas. But, yeah, it's one thing to be built for the playoffs, but they weren't built to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. under normal circumstances the last two years. And, I, you know, I'm yeah, not trying to demean what they've done. I just think it's an interesting yeah. other way to look at it. Yeah, I think you're right, uh, for sure. And um, I think they better enjoy this ride because it will get a lot tougher next year. And if you look at the Oilers, I mean, yes, disappointment this year, getting swept by the Winnipeg Jets in a series that they were overwhelmingly favored. But look at the Pacific Division next year. They're gonna, they should be the second-best team in the division, and they might challenge Vegas perhaps depending on what they look like roster-wise heading into next season. So it's... Uh, it's kind of like in Edmonton, there's a bit of a bit more hope just because you don't have a very good division that you're in, but that favors you where Montreal, it's like, enjoy this now because next year it might not be so great. 
Well, and again, it just shows, I mean, I think I'm going to start calling it the NGL, the National Goaltending League, because so much <laughs> of it just comes down to that position. I mean, ultimately, the, uh, the, the, the Oilers, I, I will not say lost the series because of Hellebuck, but they were swept because of Hellebuck. And then ultimately, and I know Campbell had some decent games and some decent stats, ultimately Price outdoed Campbell when the, when the series was on the line. And, uh, and Price was better than, than Hellebuck. And look at some of the things that have happened in the playoffs. I mean, Talbot had a couple big games along the way. That got Minnesota a chance against Vegas. I know they ultimately lost. But so, so much of it is just goaltending. And that's, and that's the thing for Montreal. When you get into short series, and you have price, you can beat anybody if he's hotter than the other guy for four times in seven games. Absolutely. Reed, it was fun sitting in this chair. I have another 40 minutes to sit in this chair, which is my chair in the basement. Then I'll hand it off to you in the, in, in the rocking chair in the second bedroom, unless you're going to move it downstairs next week. Although you, like, we only have two shows that are an hour long, so... Perhaps you can you can put up with it until the the real hot weather comes because there yeah, might be some hot days be okay. next week. Talk about part time right. next week, eh? It'll be all okay. Yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Thanks, buddy. Okay, see ya. That's Reed Wilkins, your uh, your host of Six Thirty Chet Inside Sports and Oilers Hockey, right here uh, on Six Thirty Chet. So uh, I'm going to read the uh, see now I can read the uh, Wikipedia page that he sent me, Kellen. Nice. Now I don't feel <laughs> nervous. So. Uh, these are Campbell Conference winners all time. Mm. The, mo- the There are two teams that are tied for the most Campbell Conference trophies. One would be your Edmonton Oilers. Your uh, The other team is the Chicago Blackhawks. So that's so, seven each, right? That's right. Okay, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Now there are three teams that are now in the Eastern Conference that have won this award, if you can believe it. The New York Islanders have won this award three times. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The Detroit Red Wings have won it six times. I, 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 I would know about Detroit. Yeah. The Islanders. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I got to do a deep dive on that later today. <laughs> and the Philadelphia Flyers have won this award six times. Huh? The, yeah. It's crazy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Billy won it in... Uh, See, they, but they call it West Division back then, unless they, they did have... Oh, okay, here we go. Um, okay, see, they, now, see, now they, they, they have not distinguished the, uh, the Campbell Conference trophy with being a Western Division regular season champion here. So it's a little convoluted, I would right. say. So, because the Flyers have actually won the Campbell Conference, Conference regular season champion, okay, three times. And then once as a West Division regular season champion. And uh, yeah, wow. This is. Uh, yeah, and that just dates back to 67, 68, okay. and all the expansion teams being in the Western, quote unquote, Western Division, basically. Okay. That makes sense. The Islanders thing to me is mind boggling. I'm going to have to do some digging and, and figure that one out a little bit because that is an odd stat, but. It's quite interesting, isn't it? So, anyway, it was good to hear from Wilkie tonight, and uh, Wilkie will be back for an abbreviated edition of 6.30 Chat Inside Sports on Monday. 7.20, back in a moment.
Welcome back to the program. As our uh, hotline is brought to you by a reminder, CertainTeed. It is the CertainTeed hotline, 780-496-0063 to call or, or text. CertainTeed, professional grade building materials, pro all the way. Big vote coming up on Monday. The CFL Board of Governors will meet to vote on a 2021 season. Uh, it's already been tentatively agreed to by the league and the CFL Players Association. Here's what Chris Preston, Elks president and CEO, had to say about that has to say about that vote certainly feel good as i have said about where we are and where i think we'll be and when i think we'll play i feel really good about that august five six seven eight that time frame there about uh home kickoff and i continue to feel that way uh, again i want to thank albertans for their self-sacrifice on staying in and doing what they should and could and certainly the numbers have reflected that I would expect it will be a positive day, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if it is unanimous. And then shortly after an approval, we will get a season, our season schedule. So that'll be cool. After the news break, we'll hear more details on a CBL season. Chris Edmonton Stingers defending champions. And uh, we'll head down to Calgary, and you'll meet a very cool individual who's doing a lot of work. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply in the community and is up for an NHL award, the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. Kevin Hodgson is up next. Hour of 6.30 Chat Inside Sports for the week. It's been a lot of fun. Dave Campbell in for Reed Wilkins tonight. Reed will be back on Monday, an abbreviated edition of 6.30 Chat Inside Sports from 6 to 7. Then we'll present Game 1, Stanley Cup Semifinal Series, Montreal Canadiens in Vegas to play the Golden Knights after 7 o'clock. And then a day earlier, 1 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Game 1 between the Tampa Bay Lightning and the New York Islanders. All games right here on 6.30 Chat the rest of the way for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, scoreboard tonight, NBA playoffs, round two Eastern Conference, the first seed Philadelphia 76ers up 93-73 on the Atlanta Hawks. This series is tied at one. Later on tonight, Denver Nuggets at home to the Phoenix Suns. The Suns have a one or a 2-0 lead on the series. Toronto Blue Jays in action. Uh, they're in Chicago, or Chicago. They were in Chicago last three games. They're in Boston tonight. An AL East matchup. Uh, the Jays up 5-4, bottom of the sixth inning. Euro Cup 2020 began today, even though it's 2021. It was canceled last year. This is the biggest international sporting event to be to take place since the pandemic started. The next one will be the Olympics in Tokyo uh, coming up next month. But uh, the one game saw Italy beat Turkey by a score of three nil well uh starting next week when the uh stanley cup semifinals start through the stanley cup final the nhl will be handing out some individual awards 
uh, which also includes the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. And one of the nominees is on the line right now from Calgary. And, the, you know, we have a rivalry with Calgary, not when, when it comes to this. We're uh, joined by Kevin Hobson, uh, who runs the uh, Heroes program out of, uh, out of Calgary. Kevin, it's so nice to talk to you. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you today? Uh, I'm doing great, and uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I spoke with Harner Ryan Singh, who, uh, you know, fine uh, voice for uh, Hockey Night in Canada, and we were talking about uh, you and uh, the chance to have you on the air, and I said, absolutely, we got to have Kevin on. So, first of all, uh, what what has this been like for you ever since you've been nominated for the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award? Well. You know, when you when you run an organization like ours, where the goal is to to make sure that that kids who need access to something get it, you're not thinking about about you know about awards and recognition. That's the last thing you want. Any any leader of an organization, that's the last thing you're thinking of. But this one's a little bit different for us. I've had the distinct pleasure to to know Willie for a very long time and spend a lot of time with him. And so, you know, I, I've said and I mean it genuinely. I get excited when I see my name on a table for a restaurant or on a golf scorecard next to his. Never mind have it attached to an award with his name on it. It uh, it, it blew me away. And, and when I found out and Willie told me I was a nominee and then um, when I found out that it was actually a young lady named Naya from Edmonton and her family that nominated me, that was, uh, that was a pretty special day. It was uh, two, two people that mean a lot to me all, telling me something that, that was really pretty cool that I never could have imagined. Oh, that's awesome. So tell me about HEROES, which uh, stands for Hockey Education and Reaching Out Society. And uh, tell me about the program and how long you've been involved with it. Well, first and foremost, I got to say, no rivalry here because we got programs in Edmonton, we got programs in Calgary, as well as all over the country. I just happen to live in Calgary. You bet. But <laughs> so we, we date back to 2000, actually, as an organization. And, and our first program to open in Vancouver, and, and the whole intent and goal was to make sure that finances were not a barrier for kids that wanted to play in neighborhoods that really had a lot of challenges and a lot of things were going to keep kids from sport. That one program then grew to 24 of those across the country as well as one in Belfast, Northern Ireland of all places. And and really it's just, you know, we, we pick kids up from school, we take them to the rink, we feed them, have their ice time, we drive them back home and they come in and we, we you know, for us adults, we call it Hotel California. The kids don't get it, but once they're in, they never have to leave. So they come in at a young age, and you know, mm-hmm. we meet we meet a kid at 10 years of age, and we know that we're putting money aside to help them with university because we're going to hold on to them as long as they want to. And so, we've you know we've had 15,000 kids go through that stream of programming across the country, and then just in the last couple of years, we branched out into a new community of service, and that's making sure that hockey is accessible to kids living with physical and cognitive challenges because we learned that there was nothing in Western Canada for kids living with those challenges so you either do something about it or you complain that no one's doing it we decided to do something about it and our second team of that was in Edmonton and so they're a couple of years in so uh, I spent a lot of time in Edmonton I've done that drive a million times and and uh, heroes kids are a good reason (laughs) to make the drive in the winter I'll tell you no question about it and and tell me when when you see the kids and the impact the game has on the kids and, and the chance to play the sport they love uh, what what do you see from from the kids like what what's the what's the uh what's the payoff here uh for for uh, for the kids being able to strap on the blades and and go get a stick and go on the ice and play the game they love 
Well, you know what? I'll even cycle it back a little bit simpler than that. Not every one of our kids is dying to play hockey. They're dying to be part of something. They want to be part of a team. They want to be part of a community. They want to be around people that care about them and want to see them do well. And so our whole thing is let's give them, let's give them a place to do that because once they believe they belong in one place, they're going to believe, believe they belong in other places. And so, you know, in Edmonton, we had a young man come to us when he was 10 years of age had grown up in a refugee camp in Tanzania, um, had been in Canada two months, showed up and said, everybody here in my school says they want to play hockey, I want to try hockey. We put him on the ice. Uh, four years later, he wanted to join organized hockey for the first time. We made that happen. Second year organized hockey, he made Bantam AAA, played a couple of years wow. of AAA, and then uh, had to make a, a decision. Do I go represent Team Canada for rugby or do I keep playing AAA hockey at Edmonton? He chose rugby and and uh, now we're actually putting together bursaries for him because he's heading off to law school. Um, he wants to make sure that kids who have his story have, have a little easier time finding their way to, to a safe place in the world. And so, you know, none of our success measurements have anything to do with hockey. That kid made it to AAA in spite of us, not because of us. Um, we just, you know, not, that's not how we measure our success. But this kid, this kid, grind, you know, would grind. This kid would work. And he had amazing volunteers supporting him every step of the way. And, he doesn't owe us a penny. He took everything possible that we laid out for him. Um, he made it work, and he's returning that investment tenfold. I mean, you, you, you can't argue that he, he hasn't taken full advantage of the opportunity in front of him. That is absolutely incredible, and I'm so glad you told that story. Uh, thanks so much for that, Kevin. Uh, as we finish up here, um, when did you first meet Willie O'Ree? And uh, tell me about this relationship and just what he has meant to you. So I, the first time I met Willie O'Ree was in 2008 in Buffalo. Um, the NHL hosts a Willie O'Ree weekend and where, where programs like ours get to bring sort of their, their shining stars um, in terms of off-ice and how they're doing down and bring them all together so they can inspire each other. And, and I watched this guy, and Willie would have been in his late 60s, maybe 70 years old at the time, and he's, he's on skates, he's out there talking to the kids. And, you know, and he just he said to them, he said, if you think you can do it, you can do it. I mean, look at me. I'm the perfect example. And, you know, Willie's story has been really well told in his movie and his book. And, you know, but then when you spend time with him, you hear the backstory and sort of the second and third layer of stuff. And he had to push so hard. But one of the things is, is he had to put his head down and listen to a lot of people tell him he didn't belong in the game. And, and I don't believe that that's okay. We have to create places where they don't have to ignore it. They don't have to tune it out. Um, our superheroes players are a good example. I mean, so many of them have been told because they live with disabilities that they don't belong in the game. Um, and kids like Naya and her teammates in Edmonton, that, 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 that's not on. That doesn't work. We have to make sure that they can hold their head up. And, and so, you know, and, and the thing we have to remember is that Willie also was the first player to play with a disability in the NHL. He played blind in one eye. Um, mm -hmm. but his, his passion, I mean, he started doing what he's doing kind of, working towards accessibility when he was 61 years old. I'm 47, so if Willie can work as hard as he did in his 60s, I can certainly put in the effort in my 40s. And, you know, I I mean, I hockey was easy for me. I had no barriers other than the lack of talent and the lack of work ethic. And I think for all of us that getting finding our way into hockey was easy, we owe it to the kids that it's hard to make it easy. And so, you know, when you're around a guy like Willie, and, you know, the first night I was with him, I, you know, it was six in the morning and the sun was coming up and him and I and Dominic Hasek are sitting there and they're telling stories and I'm just looking, going, how am I here? Like, but <laughs> it shows, it really shows you the power of sport because on paper, yeah. 
I, Willie and I should not be friends. Willie and I don't have much in common until you sit down and you get to talk to each other. And I got a ton in common with an 85-year-old man. I'll never be a Hall of Famer. I'll never be an Order of Canada recipient like he is. But, you know, we got a lot in common. And, and the most important thing is that we believe every kid has a right to belong and every kid has a right to play. And, and we just got to move on from these narrow confines of what defines a hockey player. Any kid who wants to play and wants to carry a stick, they're a hockey player. And we just got to make sure we give them a place to do it. Kevin, it was so great to uh, catch up with you and to meet you for the first time. Uh, thank you so much for the work you're doing with Heroes, and uh, yeah, keep it up, and you're definitely making a difference. And uh, uh, all the best to you in the near future, okay? It would be great to have you uh, as a guest on the show at uh, some point down the road again. So uh, thanks so much, and uh, take care, okay? All right, you have a great weekend. Thank you so much. You as well. Kevin Hodgson, who uh, since 2009 has been the executive director of Heroes Hockey Education Reaching Out Society and is one of the three nominees for the Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award, which will be uh, handed out during the uh, Stanley Cup semifinal series. Uh, we'll get more details on the Edmonton Stingers in a CEBL season coming up. Basketball League is about to tip off after a two-month postponement. It's supposed to open uh, the season April 21st, push back to June 24th. Your defending CEBL champion Edmonton Stingers will open two weeks to the Expo Center against the Hamilton Honey Badgers. And to join us to talk about that and the uh, return to play protocols is the president of the Stingers, uh, Brett Fra Fraser. Brett, nice to have you on the show. How are you doing tonight? Very good. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, well, yeah, this is a long time. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Like this is a long time coming. I'm sure waiting was tough. Uh, another two months, but uh, everything is is going into place. Uh, just tell me about getting the chance to get on the court again and defend your title. Yes. Uh, yeah, we're we're very excited. Um, we're proud uh, to be defending that title that uh, we were able to uh, attain during the COVID bubble in uh, Niagara last summer. Um, yeah, you know, some of the players are actually in Edmonton now, uh, quarantining some of them, but some of them are Canadian, so they're they're uh, they're beginning to uh, warm up and practice together. Uh, but. Uh, we uh, officially don't hit the court until about the 20th, um, mm -hmm. and um, uh, you know we we, we start to uh, uh, you know warm up, and we're going to handle some rings from last summer, um, and um, uh, we, as you say, we tip off on June 26th, but that won't be taking fans quite yet. We're just not sure how that's going to play out, and we're going to wait until uh, uh, things are for sure um, step by step. Uh, but uh, we are definitely looking to have some fans by uh, our games on in July, which is very early July. Um, we yeah. have some excellent games against uh, Niagara uh, July 2nd and in Ottawa July 5th, which will be the first time Ottawa comes to Edmonton as an expansion franchise who mm -hmm. uh, joined the league during COVID as well. So, so they're pretty excited to uh, to get here, and uh, and then as well as Saskatchewan uh, July 8th. So, so yeah, we'll be ramping up pretty quick, and that's it's been a very busy week uh, this week. Uh, do that, so uh, we're 
well, like you say, we're just really excited to uh, be able to defend uh, our championship and uh, and uh, not only uh, as a team, but uh, we also have the two-time MVP, uh, Xavier Moon, who's looking to go three times. Uh, we have the Canadian MVP, Jordan Baker, who's our hometown hero. Uh, we have the coach of the year, who's all of them want the titles. So we have a lot yeah. to defend here. Yeah, no question, and uh, and to do it in in a normal environment, uh, the the bubble worked great in Niagara. Uh, you got to give them credit there, and I know we we had Jordan on the show, and he talked about how the you know the protocols can they were a little tough, but all they worked, and they yeah. got to win a title. But to have everything kind of back to normal uh, is yeah. great. I want to ask you about the protocols. The yeah. did you like the CFL have two protocols? You had one for return to play, and and you have one for fans. That's right. So, yeah. uh, like last, last summer, uh, the guys I could tell you already are much happier this year. Um, you know, they were locked <laughs> in the hotel room for um, 14 days, and uh, one of the guys was locked in a hotel room for 19 days. Uh, so this time, uh, you know, it's a little bit more liberal. Um, so uh, for the players' experience, it's it's come a long way. Um, they all have their shots. They all tested negative at the airport. Uh, which makes it much more quick and efficient, uh, thankfully. And um, but as far as uh, the general public are concerned, uh, we are going to wait until phase three is official. Um, you know, it's, it's there's a lot of moving parts that it's really hard to, um, you know, just you know, uh, you know, assume everything is going to work as as we're telling or being told it is. Um, I got to tell you that the provincial government of Alberta has been really good to deal with. Uh, Alberta Health Services uh, operationally is amazing. Um, Saskatchewan's having the same experience. Um, you know, I can't say all the provinces are on the same page, but uh, you know, we've we've uh, we've been very lucky uh, to deal with uh, great communication from uh, some very great professionals. Well, you know, it's a great product. It's it's just nice to have a professional basketball league that uh, that you can showcase some talent from the U.S. And I love the fact that we get to see some local flavor. I love the fact that you know get to see some uh, players like uh, Brody Clark, who was such a yeah. instrumental player at the U of A. And Brody's been a, a frequent guest on this show, and uh, he's tremendous. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be great yeah. to have. It's a great mix yeah, of, uh, of uh, internationals and, uh, and Canadians and locals. So, um, you know, and, and, you know, an architect of all this was Mike Morreale, who comes with a really strong CFL background as a player, yeah, a as a players association uh, president, uh, as an executive. So, you know, the, the, the impetus of the CBL has been cobbled together by, you know, the success of many leagues and uh, the learnings of, of, of many years before us. So um, I feel like that's why we're off uh, out of the tracks uh, uh, much faster and better than, uh, you know, a, a typical fledgling league. Yeah, so, uh, good things to look forward to coming up, I think, in the sporting uh, community here in Edmonton, and the Stingers are, are definitely part of that. Brett, thank you so much for your time tonight on 630 Chat Inside Sports. Take care and all the best in the uh, 2021 season. Thanks so much. That's Brett Fraser, president of the Edmonton Stingers. The Canadian Elite Basketball League is set to tip off June 24th. Stingers have their first game uh, without fans, but will play the Hamilton Honey Badgers the uh, at the Expo Centre. Then hopefully in July when we're into Phase 3, that's when...
restrictions will be lifted and we'll see how many fans that they can get in the building. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. So uh, same with the CFL, uh, similar situation where the return to play protocols and the protocols for fans were all submitted separately. And on Monday, when the vote happens, it doesn't mean everything's going to be in place. It just means the public health agency of Canada has the protocols and uh, that's a good sign. And if there is a, a vote to play, and if it's unanimous especially, then they're going to like the plan. So uh, CEBL went through the same thing. They're good to go. And uh, I expect the CFL will be good to go and we'll get a schedule as well. Uh, some other notes. Oh, the uh, Quebec Health Department says the Montreal Canadiens have made a request to increase capacity during home games at the Bell Centre. And the department says the request will be analyzed. Canadians have been allowed to admit uh, 2,500 fans since Game 6 of their opening round series with the Leafs and they will go into a wild building on Monday night as it'll be sold out 18,000 plus at T-Mobile Arena. You can catch that game right here on 6.30, Chad, with the uh, face-off beginning just after 7 o'clock. This is after an abbreviated edition of Inside Sports from 6 to 7. The day earlier uh, on Sunday, 1 o'clock, is the uh, drop of the puck, and you can hear it right here on 6.30, Chad. Game 1 between the New York Islanders and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Oh, upset at the French Open today. 13-time champion Rafa Nadal. He's out after losing to Novak Djokovic in the semifinals. Joker won in four sets. It's the only the third time Nadal has lost at his favorite tournament. And Djokovic is responsible for two of those defeats. Give you the uh, scoreboard. The Toronto Blue Jays, they are up 5-4 in the bottom of the seventh inning NBA tonight. A couple playoff games. One will get underway shortly. Denver Nuggets at home to the Phoenix Suns as the Nuggets trying to cut their 2-0 deficit to a 2-1 deficit. And uh, the uh, Philadelphia 76ers in complete control here. Uh, A little bit closer. The Hawks have made it, but not close enough with six minutes left. 109-93 lead for the Sixers, who are close to taking a two-games-to-one lead in their second-round Eastern Conference playoff series. And at the Euro Cup today, Italy got things rolling with a 3-0 win. Kellen, thanks so much for your help this week. Nice to nice to be on board with you again. Hey, it was great to talk to you. I guess the next time we'll talk to you will be when the Elks football season gets underway. Can't wait, buddy. Can't wait. And my big thanks as well to producer Brennan Clack. Uh, great job this week, Brennan, uh, putting the show together. And uh, it was great working with you. Reed is back on Monday. Have a great weekend. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.